Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean Yeah, so in like the same vein as Final Fantasies and the older ones um, I've been playing the fuck out of Chained Echoes Which came out, I think, in like the beginning of December It's only like 20 bucks But it... What is that? It's... It looks like it belongs on the Super Nintendo, which I'm I'll say right now, I'm never like a huge fan of that. Like, I don't care. I have no nostalgic um. tie to like the Super Nintendo era of of like JRPGs. But it is so crisp. It sounds so beautiful. The game is like I got to a scene where it was like, listen here, you piece of shit. Stop fucking with us. And I'm just like. <laughs> What the hell just happened? That escalated really quickly. And th- <laughs> the game's so funny and like um like if your characters get separated, the storytelling storytelling so good that like you'll follow one character's like story to where they're supposed to go and then you get to choose the other characters that you're going to follow their story to that part. And it's like you're always seeing what's going on and you can kind of play it in your own way. And the game's so good. And like in between battles, your life fully recharges. You gain everything back after every battle. So it's like the ease of life in the game is so great. And it doesn't feel like it's wasting my time. So I'm like 17, 18 hours into that game right now, which is the most I put into like a JRPG in a long time. And I don't want to stop playing it. Chained Echoes is incredible. Check it out, folks. For 20 bucks. It's amazing. $20 make me holla. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Going honey boo boo on you. Um, a- <laughs> the- <It was> like- <laughs> what was that? The the RPG, I'm going to guess it's a turn-based RPG and not like an active time. Uh, or yes, is it active it's time? Turn-based. It's turn-based. Okay. And even better is so many games, you can only have four characters, right? In this, you can have eight characters, but what happens is while you're in the battle, you will you can set your party up however you want, but you can have uh, up to eight, and two people are linked in each slot. So in the middle of a battle, like say this character's super hurt, and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to swap them out. You can just swap them out and keep attacking with the new character that came in. And it has like this battle system where you want to be staying in the sweet spot of like... Down here, you uh, drained your gauge, and up here, you filled it too much. You want to stay in the center, so there are certain abilities that will fill your gauge and some that will deplete your gauge, and it incentivizes Hmm. you to keep in that sweet spot to keep your damage really high, to uh, really keep the flow momentum in your favor. And so, like, swapping out to another character can also reduce that gauge while also removing effects like this character staggered, and, and the only way to solve that is to swap it out with another person. So it's this really cool flow of combat that when I see an enemy on the screen, I don't want to try to avoid it unless it's a big motherfucker that I know that's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it so, seems like a really seems- neat way for a, a, a synergy to like mm-hmm. play out. Like It's, it's literal visual teamwork uh, yeah. working out. It's a you- teamwork meter. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You want like your base team of four to have great synergy and also your linked characters to have some sort of synergy. Like this guy has a bow and he can paralyze somebody. And this other person on the team, one of their abilities does 300 times percent damage to a person that's paralyzed. And instead of like leveling up from like level one to level two, you defeat a boss and everybody gets to unlo unlock a new skill. Or new perk hmm. for themselves. So it's this really cool way of leveling up. It's, again, high recommendation, Mark, from me. If I make it to the end, who knows? But closing it on 20 <laughs> hours, that's, like I said, some of the most time that I've put into a game uh, in a while. That's not like Overwatch. That seems like the type of game that I would be terrible at because it encourages teamwork and I am... <laughs> Way more the type that, like, I just pick the one character in the RPG and, like, they are, like, my everything. Oh, okay. They get all the best gear. You know what sure, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, mm -hmm. like, there's other characters, sure. But, like, oh, <laughs> Cloud's fucking beating ass here, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I have the on. same thing in here where there are definitely characters where I'm, I'm removing their gear and second handing them to like another character and they're getting the best gear. So like there are characters getting hand-me-downs whereas like there's three that are getting like the good shit, the good nice. good, you know. Oh shit. It's pretty it great that like these the RPGs start like this own like little economy class system that we all like just describe <laughs> like you are clearly the most deserving and you shall get my hand-me-downs. You're just a you little sitting Capitalist scum when we get JRPG'd up a little bit. Down at the bottom is you, Kate Sheet. I see you. <laughs> it's good shit, fellas. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of, we we do have fellas. Our good buddy Ryan's joining us on the show. Hi, buddy. Hi, also, I'm waving uh, like an idiot. <laughs> didn't you two like just do a show together? We did. We did. If this is going to be on the episode, I won't say it, but I'm more excited about talking here because... You know, it's like a homecoming. Oh, I'm back with I, my uh, boys. <laughs> Man, also, I do got to say, uh, this fucking mustache is a good look for you, bro. It's mm. I, I, OK, yeah, I don't, don't know how to your take mouth. compliments. Not good audio. <laughs> it's, it's much like waving. <laughs> it's still really thin. So we'll see. <laughs> it might be here next week. It might not. That's that's it. <laughs> that's here's the thing, and I'll tell you exactly why I can see it and why I appreciate it. Because goddamn it, I love Michael Sarah. <laughs> it is. It's a full Michael Sarah thickness, just with a a faint idea of a mustache. Let me cross my how face. Long, how long? How that one? How long you been working on it? When's the last time you shaved? I want to say this weekend. So that's not bad at all. Okay, it's Monday. <laughs> No, yeah. well, I mean, okay, let's rethink because every day feels like a week and working at home. Hold on a second. It might have actually been like Thursday last week. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> we have the same growth rate. And much like me, yeah. it also looks like you went into your pantry and grabbed some cinnamon and your driver's license and you laid it out and you started to make lines of cinnamon and then just fell face first <laughs> into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I did. how I get it. Uh -huh. I'm just a real sloppy cinnamon snorter. I just get it everywhere. <laughs> and my cleanup game is not strong. <laughs> Ryan's like fucking breaking into the cinnamon toast crunch and the aisle at the grocery store and like rubbing it That's on it. his gums. <laughs> 
Give me them shrimp tails. I love them. I can't get enough. <laughs> Could you imagine shrimp if you were like tails. great mustache and he just like licked his lips and it was gone? It's like, oh, uh, God, gross. It disappeared. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ryan does have the tongue of a cat, though, like a large cat. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. How? How? Please elaborate. <laughs> have you never, have you never seen a tongue or a cat's tongue? They're like real spiky because they pull the hair off. You've never seen that, <laughs> dudes. Yeah, I've never seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm large... waiting for the comparison to me and how my tongue is spiky and pulls well, the hair off. He said, "Yeah, you licked your tongue." I, I was just making it really elaborate. Oh, the ew. That's ugh, ugh. literal yeah. hair. Ugh, ugh. Here I was like picturing a large cat's tongue and then trying to picture Ryan's tongue because I also haven't seen that. It's <laughs> it's a normal size tongue. I'm not Gene Simmons. Uh, it's just regular. Oh my god! I just ho- heard Laura in the background. She agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not because I've got noise canceling headphones on, but we'll say it's true. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> I do like how you <laughs> went to pull off your headphones and look behind you. That was, oh, chef kiss. I loved it. Holy shit. Man, even even though there's a camera right here, I just immediately was like, somebody's behind me. She's behind <laughs> me. How much does she hear? <laughs> what the, What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the, uh, the, cl- oh, shit. They're right behind me, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it just is. Just, just drop your head. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, so like, I'm pretty excited, dude. I can't believe I feel bad that we brought an action movie like Conan the Barbarian up from Action Movie December, but mm. I'm really excited to talk about it. Mm. Wait, did oh you man, right were movie? we supposed to watch Conan? <laughs> yeah, no, I wa- I watched the Barbarian, gentlemen. I'm just, or not even the Barbarian, just Barbarian or Airbnb. Mm. Oh, good, because I watched Barbarella, so I think we're in for a oh, good podcast. Man. <laughs> Have you ever seen Barbarella? I haven't because at the point I would have watched it was only a few years ago, and now it feels sleazy. Oh, fair enough. That, we're talking about like the 50s, right? The Jane, Jane Fonda, right? I believe so, yeah. The schlock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know it's if schlock. it's supposed to be like good or bad and what, if it's like more trauma or more like Flash Gordon innocent and naive, but... That it's a, f- a lady makes me lean towards the more trauma e, but who knows? I've, who knows? I've seen it, like, because uh, when I used to have band practice with James back in the torturous days, like, he would put old t- old movies on, like, and they would just play on a TV while we practiced just to have, like, ambiance, and he always played, like, weird 60s movies and shit, and I feel like we watched that one a couple times. Like, you don't really watch it, but, like, I've seen it. But, like, I haven't watched... You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah, like, there's a few older ones like that for me. Uh, Flash Gordon's one. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched Flash Gordon all the way through. I've seen it, I'm sure, in its entirety, in pieces, at parties and places. All you had to do was watch so much Ted better. 2. Ted hmm? 2? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is all about Flash Gordon, isn't it? Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> that weird. took me a second. Wow. Ted 2 was a movie that came out. That certainly was. Yeah, and it was very mean to Amanda Seyfried. It was not great. It was very mean to its viewing audience. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. It was also very, now that you bring up that con stuff, I think it was very hateful towards its uh, nerds, too. 
That was just like a not nice movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Left a bad, bad taste in my mouth. Blech. Is that the one where the yeah. stripper takes a shit on the floor? Or the prostitute takes a shit on the floor? If that's, <laughs> if that's from a Ted movie, then yeah. it is for sure from Ted 2. Okay. I don't remember it, but I will say it's from Ted 2 then. Okay. I think I think Ted 2 also features a very lengthy um kind of Harold and Kumar rip-off scene where they have like a life together Ted and the stripper and then he starts like beating the shit out of her because uh, spousal abuse is funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? That is absolutely Yeah, if I movie. if I don't Okay, I was like I might yeah. be misremembering this, but it's been like ah, there's a lot <laughs> like what is it Mia Kunis is like in that and she's like you gotta get rid of your teddy bear and so he kicks Ted out and he can't function in normal life as a teddy bear on the streets oh, and he's like Mia Kunis, and he's like it? falling apart is it Mia Kunis it probably might not I be. think it was or maybe it was Amanda Seyfried I think maybe that one and one they, the they're not they're the same person they're not even close to looking like or acting alike but for some reason they are the same in my head <laughs> i don't know why they are interchangeable in this role for some reason and it makes no sense Ma- I, well, I i'm not know. looking it's, it up the, i don't the care seth mcfarlane the seth mcfarlane you to find the difference between these two pictures <laughs> <laughs> it's the same picture oh man yeah that's a mm-hmm. bad movie that's it yeah yeah i could dunk on ted 2 all day that said i've not seen ted 2 since it came out in theaters, so <laughs> what we I should, would also not like to rewatch it. <laughs> what we should do is actually regroup at some point and cover Ted Two, but none of us watch the movie, and we just try to do a podcast on it with what we think happened in the movie, which actually might be a thousand times more entertaining than actually watching said movie. I would absolutely do this, to be honest with you. Yeah, sounds like fun. I like this idea for a podcast in general. Just yeah. every yeah. week. You watch a trailer and then you talk about the movie as if you just saw it. Oh man! And that's it. And you go, you review there, it and everything. <laughs> has there ever been a movie that like you've seen the trailer and you just know the entire movie? I feel like more and more nowadays, really? just about every so? one of them. Just about every one. There's like a few that throw me for a loop, but like like this one. I. This one is one. The menu, I kind of had different ideas of where it too. could go. We yeah, were thinking I cannibal for that one. Yeah. I did right? too. Yep. I kind of yeah. thought a soil and green thing and they're feeding them up and that's how they recycle and they get rid of these people. It wasn't, and that's great. I love that. I love when a movie can surprise you. But I read your I, review I, on what's that. What's the and I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what was the Sebastian Stan movie uh, recently? I th- want to say it was on Hulu um, oh. where there's like a meet cute and he meets up with a woman and then there's something weird and the trailer shows a few things. It doesn't give it away. And immediately I was like, I know this beat for beat. Mm-hmm. A to B to C. He's a cannibal there. He it, it's you gave like one specific fucking cut between like meat sizzling and and the woman, and eat immediately, I'm like, film knowledge tells me you're linking the two. He's a cannibal. He's a cannibal. Great. Cool. And I can do that with most trailers. So uh, I often find myself ruining the surprise more often than not. So uh, I'm fairly like, I yeah. did, I knew enough to not watch the trailer for this movie because I, I wanted to go in as blind as possible. So like, I, 
I was able to avoid spoilers, too. This caught me completely by surprise. The only thing I knew about this movie was Justin Long was in it. So I was very confused for the first uh, 35 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, I will say back to the previous question. I specifically know one movie that I knew beat for beat immediately from the trailer. And it's the shitty Zac Efron movie called Charlie St. Cloud. Mm. Is that the one where he's got like cancer or whatever? No, it's the one where like his little brother dies. Uh. And like, then he like gets all depressed and then he restores a boat that he sails on the lake and like comes to terms with his young brother dying through hard work of sailing a boat. So, okay. That's exactly what happens too. Yeah. Yeah. Those movies are so. He, he, he's guilty because he thinks it's his fault. And then mm-hmm. he sails and his bro, his ghost brother's like, it's not your fault. And he's like, thanks, brother. I love you. Ta da. Yep. Charlie St. Cloud. Hmm. Yeah. That's a special kind of category, right? Like, so there's like obviously like the narrative stuff where you're like, oh, I can piece together where the story goes. But then there are those that are like the emotional catharsis, which is like, I know this is just like a big build up to like a cry on a lake. <laughs> what, what else is there besides that and like the the uh i want to say ah fuck it it was called like damages or something it was a one-word title with jake gyllenhaal and he was like mm-hmm. at one point helping himself like walk around and he gets mad and breaks the counter and he's just like this emotionally repressed person i'm like oh cool so you're just gonna end up having to fucking cry somewhere like i this is where these <laughs> things go like i know where these emotional things go unless Again, an artist steps in and does something like Whiplash, which is, like, not that oh, yeah. at all. And, and they subvert it. And, man, that's that's when you know you've got something, man. Or but, Banshees of Inna Sharon. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> oof. I'm still processing that one. That one did not leave me. <laughs> that's a rough one. But speaking that one of made processing... Think, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, that's you it. think what? Just on life. On every yeah, so many fucking things. It hits so many and things. donkeys and donkeys. Ah, <laughs> oh, that poor donkey. Ah, mm. oh. <laughs> and those hot dogs. <laughs> delicious ketchup covered hot dogs. Just delicious. Um, again, speaking of just delicious looking things, um, <laughs> man, I've never been. This movie's fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's parts <laughs> and it's not it's not how? the barbarian uh well there's lots of hows uh quite a, oh god like there's layers and layers of hows whether it be yeah the flashback man. scene and that's a whole gross world in itself to the titular character to i mean even the opening scene like uh you mentioned Airbnb, where we find what we think is our main character, Tess, coming into this little um, little really rundown uh, suburb of Detroit to and like you find out later exactly how rundown this is. Like this is the <laughs> only fucking yeah. house that isn't a complete enchantment. So weird. Right. And you see her show up and <clears throat> somebody's already here. It's been double booked. Blah, blah, blah. And this whole everything that's going on is kind of gross, but like just because you think it's going I, a different way that it is, like 
there was just like some I, skin crawly thing between things between like the way that Keith acts around Tess, but it's like mainly because you are led to believe that something else is mm-hmm. going on that is not being going on. So you have this very gross feeling until later when you look back and you realize, oh, that actually wasn't kind of really gross, and he was actually really well meaning the entire time. You know, it's it's weird that your mind subverts what's actually going on because of what's being presented to you and your assumptions. So, all right, I am very curious about this. Uh, that first opening bit, and and I will say. Uh, to anybody who has not seen Barbarian, you should see Barbarian before we talk about it any further. Yes, Just like stop yes. and go see it because really should. I think the the magic tricks this movie pulls are some of the surprises that will absolutely be spoiled here. So see it. But in that first opening bit with just Keith and Tess, you talk about feeling like this unnerving feeling, but it's mostly from waiting for kind of like the other foot to drop. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. you didn't think there was something up with uh, Bill Skarsgård, Keith, right? Um, or you uh, did. Did you think he was like kind of involved in this or what was your take on Bill Skarsgård and Keith in that first act? Because Kyle, I'm going to this is coloring the question for you. Kyle mentioned earlier in the chat, like this is just like a whole bunch of like red flags i, I call the it red movie. flag the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's part of those red flags did you trust For him sure. were you in on it where were you uh me personally i went into this movie even more blind than than kyle did i didn't know uh i didn't know justin long was in this i mm. i knew nobody i didn't know scarsgard <laughs> was in it I what a surprise literally knew nothing <laughs> i didn't know what barbarian even meant um and so Initially, for me, not seeing a trailer, not seeing anything, I'm like, well, who's Barbarian? Is this a, is this an actual character? Is this like somebody gaining strength through the movie to overcome? Like, I didn't know what it actually meant. And so red flags, like Kyle said, red flags popping up all <laughs> over the place. And she paints, Tess paints it great. He, she's like, if I were here, and you are the one that showed up on the doorstep, there's 0% chance you're getting in here. Like, the way she said that and illustrated that was just, I was like, yep, and I'm nodding. And, you know, sometimes when a a guy can be so well-meaning, but also you can tell that he's coming on to her, but also at the same time, it's like, looking back, everything he did was okay. Here, can I open this bottle in front of you? Do you trust me? Is this okay? Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of steps that are very, like, I feel bad looking back and thinking this dude was such a creep when he clearly wasn't, Ah. but also in that situation, like, I don't think she should have been in that situation. Or he Mm -hmm. been in that situation either. So... I remember watching it like... The entire time, I felt incredibly uncomfortable, and I didn't trust Bill Skarsgård. And in the exact same time, I felt like everything that he was saying and doing is exactly what I would do in that situation because I feel it was all the right things to try to make somebody comfortable. And then I felt really terrible about who I... Because it's like, well, fuck, man, I would still be threatening no matter how nice, like, it's crazy to have it like even more 
physically realized it was a nuts feeling, man. Dude, it was uh, along the same time that I realized that exact same thought was when I dug myself in even deeper. And I'm like, okay, well, he's just really well versed at this and he's doing all the right things. To hide mm-hmm. this other devious <laughs> thing behind. So he's so clearly part up, of it. Like cycle. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts, oh, man. And like, like I said, I sent this thing in the chat where I, cause I, I called it red flag, the movie. And then when I was of course, like doing the IMDB stuff and all the other research, it come across that like the guy who wrote it, who, by the way, did you guys know is one of the dudes from whitest kids, you know? No, I, all right. I found this out after declaring my love of this movie, and I will say, this is the one thing I don't love about Barbarian, is that it has a connection to the whitest kids you know, and how problematic and fucking shit that is at times. It's insane that one of them made, I'm gonna go ahead and just say ahead of whatever I talk about, a modern masterpiece. This is a fucking (laughs) masterpiece movie. I I love it. And it's so crazy that it came from essentially like, I don't know, an MTV-esque knockoff punk kid, you know? It's crazy, but it's it just goes... Comedy guys, no horror, and vice versa, man. Crazy. It's weird how that always works out, but... Jordan Peele, now Zach Krieger. We've got two for two. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I was I was just about um, to bring him up because it's it is one of those things that you just never know what someone's capable of if they've just been shoehorned or they've shoehorned themselves into one style of what they do. Mm-hmm. And so when they branch into something else that they're actually pretty brilliant at at, it's like, wait, what? And Jordan yeah. Peele has been knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Man, also like this for real, like Dude, more than any other horror movie, I don't ever do it. So many times in this fucking movie, I just kept saying, bitch, run! (laughs) Bitch, run! Uh, What are you fucking doing? Fucking go! Yeah. (laughs) You know? More so. Yeah. More so than, like, usual. mm. Because it's, like, it it is so isolating. Well, and I think because he throws so many red flags at you that you're just like, come on! Yeah. And she just, she keeps going, man. Dude, well, for real, right. at, even in the first room with the bed and the camera, no! Yeah. Done. Right. That's Fucking it. Fucking done. I wouldn't even make it there. That's, that's when I give you there. All right. I'm, mm-hmm. So my first act with this, I am probably more on Kyle's side, but even maybe more on the side of just completely trusting Bill Skarsgård. And weird fucking me like i was like these two have a fucking really bomb chemistry like i love this little rom-com meet cute they're having this is great (laughs) like this is just delightful and he like as kyle saying like there are red flags here and there's weird shit but he see he's seemingly doing like all the right things and like it's still of course like there's that um kind of certainty yeah and just like the the even without doing anything like the male presence can be threatening for a woman in certain situations and this is one of those situations for sure so like no matter if he is doing the right things it's still gonna come off a little creepy and unnerving but like i was i was hook line in sinker until she starts investigating and then she finds some things and shares it with him and then I think that's where, like, the hands kind of start to get played of this movie and, mm-hmm. like, its themes on male entitlement. And, like, he is, like, he's really, I think, solid dude up until the point of things start going bad. 
In which case he starts dismissing her and thinking he can handle it or he knows best and it's all fine and like this. And then that thing paints the rest of this movie. But like that's that was the switch for me. I was eating out of Skarsgård's hands up until that point. Like, you're fine. Yeah, I trust you. You want to sleep in the bed with me? That's fine. You're you're trustworthy. <laughs> we'll, we will survive the night this way. You heard but, it uh-huh. here first. Ryan would let Keith into his bed. He worked me over. What's he was doing really everything right. <laughs> What's fascinating is listening to you talk about that. Um, like, if I knew that this was a different genre of movie... Because obviously I had an idea of what Mm. genre it was. If this was a different genre of movie and I saw the exact same uh, opening scene, perhaps a little bit tonally different, a little different music, whatever. The exact (laughs) same scene with zero changes outside of like maybe music or whatever. This would have been completely normal. And like you said, doing all the right things, uh, great chemistry, all of that. Great opening to a rom-com. But here I was completely on guard because knowing what this movie is supposed to kind of delve into or mm-hmm. unravel into stylistically, I was just so on guard. So it is really fascinating to be able to take the exact same scene, exact same scene, juxtapose like a different uh, style in front of it. And it's a completely different thing. I would like yeah. to see one of those YouTube channels that does movie edits take that scene and redo the music and like try to put a positive spin on it uh-huh. and see if it would change everything and the way that you interact with it. Um, I do want to know, Ryan, both Sean and I went into this very blind. Uh, how much did you know about Barbarian before you started watching it? I saw the trailer. That was it. Okay. Um, so you had I saw seen the, trailer. the trailer. It looked good. And then I saw in the trailer one brief frame of Justin Long. I was like, they're hiding something. And that's what intrigued me. Nothing else. That there was one frame of Justin Long and he wasn't really mentioned. I was like, there's something in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but there's something here. Oh, there's something. That was was enough to stick me. (laughs) I I will say. But they were, they didn't really reveal a lot in the trailer. If you go back, they don't kind of reveal the big twist. I wish there was no Justin Long, but. Yeah, I so I didn't see the trailer, but, you know, even just hearing about it and hearing that he was even shown in it at all, that is kind Mm -hmm. of a drag because I feel like if you went into this movie and didn't know that he was in it at all, like at all. Well, I mean, I had no idea. So like at about the 38 minute mark, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Um, what's really cool is that this is like three different little movies. They're all three different little vignettes combined to make one movie. Cause we have like the, the thriller slash rom-com slash meet cute. Then the black comedy, because we know the previous setup. So Justin Long going through all of this shit is actually just hilarious. And then we get the serial killer, like POV, uh, Zodiac style shit. And mm-hmm. It's all done exciting. And I love that, like, each one has uh, sort of a different camera style. I don't know if you guys noticed mm-hmm. it, but, like, uh, Tessa's scenes, there's a lot of intense close-ups, yes. And then Justin Long is sort of bigger and, like, more wide open because he's got a lot more access to things. And then the serial killer's, like, point of view real rigid stuck on him. And yeah. it was 
it was a really cool way to tell the story visually that like mm-hmm. I picked up on even and I don't usually notice like when people talk about aspect ratio shifts I never notice that bullshit like when the screen gets wider at the top mm-hmm. I I'm blind to that shit but this stuff I noticed Wes like, Anderson oh. is offended <laughs> <laughs> he is gonna is stop listening different? to experience crying now <laughs> <laughs> no Wes no I still love Moonrise Kingdom his his best movie. one it is uh but god damn guys okay so i'm gonna uh, so, i'm gonna yeah, peel go. back uh something real quick i am having more of an enjoyable time and i'm gaining more of an appreciation for this movie talking about it with you guys because i Ooh. already knew coming into this movie i didn't like this movie oh and uh, i thought that might be the case when you're like we need to talk <laughs> it's also <laughs> not it. it is also in my opinion it's definitely not in the sean wheelhouse of stuff that like I know that you gravitate towards like watching it. I was like, this is a weird one for Sean, but he watched it. So I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. He did. I, I credit you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for listening to me. I don't know why you do anymore. I like weird <laughs> shit like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I listened to you. And that's, that's, uh, you had said on Twitter in something where we are chatting about how this was like your favorite movie of 2022. And I'm like, well, you know what? Yep. I heard a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I heard a lot of people praising it. I didn't hear anything about it. If I did, I'm very good at blocking shit out. So, like, if I was described something, I wasn't listening. It's not a big deal. And so I yep. found it. I watched it. I think it's on HBO. Um, watch, and I came away from it. Kyle, you had just, just said something a couple of minutes ago, which I think was a big driving force for me as to why I didn't really like it. The amount of times where you're just like, bitch, run. What are you yeah, doing? And yeah, yeah, that you yeah. see that through the movie, whether it be, <laughs> I wouldn't have even made it to that room. I wouldn't have, I would have, if I did, and I found that there is a staircase hidden behind a wall, there's 0% Never, chance no, I'm going down no. those stairs. But everybody does, and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> and then it just, it got weird, but like the more that we talk about it and the more that we kind of break it down, the more that I like this movie. And like looking mm-hmm. back this, on it, yeah, like breaking down this that first initial I think half I need to hour. come back. Yeah, I need to come back, and we need to talk about Malevolent again, <laughs> the fucking twin movie, because I think I can convince you on that one too. Uh, yeah, I think there's that some good shit guy. there. When, well, I'd have to rewatch <laughs> it again. Um, but it's I, I agree. Like, dude, when the fucking you hear Bill Skarsgård yelling. And you're like, fuck, dude. But then again, I still don't know if I trust him at that point. Like, is he just trying to lure this girl deeper to like really like, dude, so many times I was waiting for something to jump out and grab her when like she goes into the room and the camera follows. I again, he fucked with my expectations because I thought it was going to be that classic trope where like when the camera panned back, somebody came in the room behind her and oh shit, you're stuck in there. And then we got. That Allison Brie movie where she's kidnapped in the room. Is that is that just the room? Brie Larson and it's room. Brie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wrong Brie. <Cat. laughs> Wrong Brie. I love my cheeses. Um <laughs> But yeah, what I I too. I too. <laughs> what I love, Sean, too, like talking about it more. If you notice, one of the things Tess says when she's talking to Bill Skarsgård about the way that they enter that situation is that as a woman, she has to be more guarded, whereas a man can just stumble through life. Yep. And what the fuck does Justin Long do? He comes in and stumbles his ass all through his life. And 
gets out of it scot-free. Almost. 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 And just by sheer luck yeah. of being the man and just blindly yeah. stumbling through. Dude, he's measuring the fucking square footage in a rape basement. Yeah. I, I love that loud. scene. The, yeah. yeah, the the juxtaposition between like he opens this shit up and he sees like what's going on down there. He's like, oh my god! And then the cut to him looking up on Google, <laughs> Google on his cell. phone. <laughs> Does this add to the square it's footage so of my property? Smart. I laughed. Out what's loud. even better? What's even better is he keeps googling till he gets the information that he wants for his brain yep. because the first one says, nah, usually not. And he's like, wait. And then he scrolls it. He's like, oh, but it can. And so, and he's like, oh, yeah. good. I'm running yeah. with that because that gives yep. me what I want. Fucking shit, man. What a movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will say I can understand why you'd be frustrated at Tess, but I do think Tess's empathy and like wanting to mm-hmm. go in and help no matter what is the point. As she is yeah, like the is. one just... kind of rational character, and is the 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 non male character because this is a very like kind of taken taken male identity to task, and like some of the shit we do, and that is every male character in this movie is a spectrum of that. I think Bill Skarsgård is like the nicest version of it, which is like. Like, okay, dude, like, you're still being a little bit dismissive, but, like, you're mostly good-intentioned, all the way to, like, Frank and whatever the fuck he's doing in that basement with, like, them, to, like, even the cops. Like, the cops are, like, super dismissive of her right away because she was, like, dirty because she just got out of the basement and whatnot, and they thought she was, like, lower class and obviously woman of color, so, like, dismissive. She's the only one who is not taking anybody... At face value and trying to see things for what they were. That's why she like kind of understood kind of, well, I just going to call her the mama, the mama monster. Like that's what she got it like immediately and she was able to live. So I think it all ties in in a way that was, I don't know, worked for me. I, I am very glad that you brought up the cops because I get to share a story And it's funny because this is actually relevant. So one of the things in this movie is these cops, which, again, are very dismissive. They don't care. They're almost asshole pricks, right? Mm -hmm. I have had encounters with Detroit cops, and it is exactly like that, dude. Detroit cops (laughs) are something fucking else, man. I played a couple shows in Detroit before, and there was one night. It's like 2.30 in the morning. I'm loading up my drums outside of this bar. It's me and the two guys in my band. I swear to fucking God, a Detroit police car slowly drives by. It rolls down the window. The cop inside says, I will fucking kill you and keeps driving. What? Swear to God, dude. That happened. It was the weirdest fucking thing ever. Maybe he didn't Did like you go know. back to Detroit for shows ever again? Yeah, but never in that area. Of town. It was like in downtown Detroit. Like, whoa. And I think, you know, they were probably having, I'm sure, some sort of gang activity in the area. Probably wasn't a good place to be, but nah. Yeah, it was a wild time, man. We uh, we finished loading up and got the absolute fuck out of there. Quick ass shit, <laughs> yeah. man. So, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, but I just want, I, I, it was funny. As soon as I saw that happen, I was like, oh, I can tell the Detroit cop story on the show now. That's <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah. they are really like that man something else did, 
The Detroit setting's a really good thing to bring up too, because I think that's like another theme that they talk about is the gentrification and kind of its effect on like local communities or like these kind of suburb communities. You see a little bit of that in the 70s when they do the flashback and like the neighbor's like, we're going to get out of here before it gets bad. We're going to try to move next year. You know, we got to get out of here. And then like the stark juxtaposition when you see like it nowadays and like it's the, as you said, the one house that's mysteriously maintained amongst just like foreclosures and poverty it is and if you do have you if you've ever airbnb'd or vrbo'd i'm sure you've wound up in situations similar maybe not quite as uh not quite accurate as as like that. this <laughs> but like we've definitely like we stayed in st louis and we were in the poor area enough like we were getting hounded and called out by the local homeless population for it and they're like why are you white people in our area i'm like i don't know man it's just a good area and like they're like this is down the way you're down the way you know i'm like i we didn't know we're just here we're, we're cool though all right and try to make it whatever but like it is this it, it the entire weekend it was you could feel the the weird like the poverty right there and yet like two buildings over these million dollar facades that are just like these businesses and things that are clientele that's not the population that is literally the the stark surroundings that you see when you just look anywhere else on the strip it's just crazy but if any of those homeless people had ran up and chased you inside the house and banged on the door and said hey you shouldn't be in there would you have left the house yeah yeah. I think I might have, because I, I am a person that takes things on face value. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was so easily going to bed Bill Skarsgård earlier, because he was doing the right things. Exactly. It's true, it's true. <laughs> you know, Laura, that homeless guy said we should get the fuck out. I think he has a point. Have you checked oh your hidden walls? <laughs> You're like, uh, she, she might not pull the cord, but we would have a long talk, maybe like an hour long talk about why we should leave. <laughs> You're like Cuban B and half baked. He's like, I, I believe him, yo. I don't know why, but I, I believe him. <laughs> it's, it is. It is. <laughs> mm. so, uh, uh, yeah. All right. So, hey, you brought up Mama Monster. How about that fucking monster, guys? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, loved it. That loved is something it. That was crazy good. That is something straight out of Resident Evil. Yes, a hundred percent. I really love the fact that number one, it just increases the uncomfortableness. But she's naked the whole time. Yeah, she's got, of course, the weird giant boobs. Um, we discover later she's inbred as all hell. Mm-hmm. And baby, uh, baby. Ba-ba, ba-ba, That's awesome. Yeah, ba-ba. you are giving her, her trauma, only compan- son. <laughs> her only companion has been this fucking breastfeeding tape that she's watched on repeat. Uh, I'm assuming she's like forty-ish years old. If when was she born? Like 1980, I guess somewhere around there. Yeah, I'd say when like was 40. the flashback to? Oh, maybe not even that because she's the product of so Frank had kidnapped a woman brought her down in like the 70s and she's the product of several generations 
of Embred. Who knows if she's like even 30? Mm-hmm. She may be 30, but just a fucking monster. I'm assuming that Mama mm-hmm. was the baby that was being born when he went to go get the stuff at the hardware store. That's That was my assumption, too. So I'm but assuming I, I, I think she's that, puts that. It 30, right? Uh, around there. 30? Again, I don't know. Does it say what year it flashes back to? I can't remember. It's probably it probably said it, but it was absolutely either like the mid sixties or mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And looking at him from when I mean spoilers, obviously, but looking at him from the flashback to how he is at the end of the movie, it's got to be 30, easily forty years. Forty years. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's probably yep, fifty. Yep. In the flat man, Frank Richard Brake, dog. Yeah. How about that guy? He- he is a very specific character actor type, but he fits this role very well. He's what, so dude, gross. You can fucking make good Holly money yeah. in Hollywood if you are uh, a certain type. All right, can we can we rewind back to the Mama Monster because I've yeah, got yeah. a theory. And uh, man, all right, so you both have only you. This is the first time you both have seen this, right? Yeah, was recently for this. Okay, I so watched. I'm going in. I watched it two weeks ago. Perfect. Okay. I'm going in now on my second watch. Um, I watched it for the podcast. And I think the the Mama Monster is a personification of, like, the Me Too kind of womanly rage of, like, that generation who was so fucking abused and, like, just mistreated and had to keep it shut for so long. And that's why she's, like, oddly protective of Tess and, like, really nurturing and just wants to, like, protect her and, like, is so defensive against, like, Bill Skarsgård and AJ and all the men around her, but, like, really takes a shine to her. And I think that, again, not not anywhere in the literal uh, narrative, but I think this is in the visual metaphor if we're going here and we're talking about like just this um kind of male entitlement surrounding the rest of the film i think she is just the angry older generation of woman who is fierce and protective and sometimes maybe it's misplaced but like it's coming from a place and and this movie is like this is why this is why that rage is here this is why the mama exists because these fucking shitty men made the mama and so the mama now is of course taking casualties from the newer generation but it's in service of like protecting the younger women generation and i think that's my thesis on mama mama monster i and oh oh this movie and i think it really supports it on further viewings but that's my nugget that i'm working with here for mama monster i don't know what you think but i could definitely see it i i i mean she definitely represents the trauma of at least for, for sure kidnapped women and just also victims of sexual abuse. You know, she was sexually abused. Um, there's absolutely that. Frank, yeah. I mean, there's I, there's absolutely a reason. I mean, there's multiple reasons why Justin Long's character has the arc that he does in this movie. Oh, man. From, you know, being an actor slash whatever in Hollywood to losing pretty much everything from because of accusations of rape and you know main theme that we brought up at the beginning gross like gross there's so much (laughs) grossness to this and not even in the actions but in his actions and his Uh when he's drunk and the phone calls and like what he's saying what he says to multiple different people but i think you're right. Like everything that you were just saying, Ryan just had me nodding. And honestly, like 
I love that we're having this chat because I wasn't going to bring up that I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. Outside of, I was like, oh, it, you know, it's an okay movie with a epic all timer like twist halfway through. Um, that yeah, been, it's the best one since um, fucking dust till dawn. Did you find out Bruce Willis is wearing a hairpiece in Sixth Sense? Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wow, I hate you so much. But, but like chatting with you and you guys, and I really appreciate this whole like breaking down of all the scenes because this is what I do love. And I wasn't going to bring up that I didn't like it because I knew that this conversation might turn me around and give me a better appreciation for this. So, no, I think you're absolutely spot on with like that analysis of the mama. And I think you could even go, you know, for, you know, dive into that even further but it ties into all of the characters involved oh, yeah. in this movie. And of course, like just, you said, her oh. reaction to each character in particular, um, all the way to her dad. And like, she's got this rage, but she still fears him because he's, he's the abuser. Oh, dude. When Justin Long is backed up against the door and you see her in the, like, the edge of the light, and then you see her back away and, and you're away. like, fuck, dude. What the fuck is in this room? And uh, you just see. It's I love an old that dude. Justin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but then Justin Long also watches the tapes. Yeah. And I love that he is so upset, and he's like, "You're a monster, man." And then, of course, Justin Long becomes that same monster. He's like, "No, I'm a good person. I, I, I'm a good person. I'm a good person, right?" I love. He, oh man. I love. That I'd argue he he's a monster door. from the get go. Yes, of but course. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> same he thing. You just you're you're more you aware think. of it as an audience. That's what he, Justin Long lies to himself, yeah. whereas Frank knows what he is and embraces yeah. it. That's the he's only difference. Unreliable protagonist. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. wants to be the good guy. He thinks he's the good guy. Like I again, I I will freely admit you see a lot of yourself in Justin Long too. There's a lot of times where like I want to be the good guy. I feel like I'm the good guy but I'm in the wrong and I just need to accept it and like change my ideas in my mind. Not even just things relating to women, just things in life. You know, it's, you're not always right, man. And Mm -hmm. you're not always the good person. Like everybody has the capacity to be a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who. And, uh, but also humans will do a lot of things to justify their actions to themselves. Most people don't take responsibility for the things that they do. They will use everything. It's, uh, there's a famous uh, paper written by a Republican woman that had to have one, but it's like, the only moral abortion is my abortion. It's that type of thing, like, mm-hmm. I can justify it to myself. You still can't have one. I have to have one, though, because of this reason that you don't get. It's in my life. And they don't understand, like, motherfucker, yeah. that's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Like, anybody can justify anything to themselves. And mm-hmm. it's the... Uh, the 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 real rot of the human psyche. Mm-hmm. So. That's it. I think that's perfectly said. I think Justin Long's character AJ, his his biggest sin is his lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. Even to the very end, to when he literally end. throws her fucking off of a silo, <laughs> he starts to change the story once they're on the ground. He's like, no, but you like slipped and like it was hard to hold you. You were falling anyway. So like, uh, it's like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. At that point, you're rooting for mama to rip his face in half. <laughs> like, eh, yeah, you have this coming now. Also, <laughs> you are a monster. The- Monsters and Justin Long's eyeballs, right? What's the other one? You guys ever seen Jeepers Creepers? 
<gasps> oh, Long yeah. The peepers. Yeah, the, the peepers? whole thing. He, he wants Justin Long's <laughs> eyes, man. He cuts them out. Another... That's right. That's right. That's a whole man, other fucked up series. We I could... was, yeah, speak of problematic <laughs> men. Woo, buddy. Victor Selva. Salvia. Woo, buddy. Silva? Selva? Silva? Shitbag. Yeah. Good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, man. I think you guys have touched on pretty much everything why i love this movie it's got just what a fucking like you said from dusk till dawn i think maybe death proofs in there but like so few movies just have the balls to like tell a completely new narrative that ties in kind of similarly and then not only that but do like a complete tonal change because as kyle said it goes from like this thriller on the edge of your seat romance maybe not really but it's mostly thriller uh to like a dark comedy where you're kind of laughing at justin long and like what you know is going to be like ultimately him getting wrapped up in this bullshit bad stuff and getting his comeuppance it's just kind of it oh i know the perfect thing to say and this is gonna eat it sean it feels like a beetle song And that it completely shifts up three times throughout. (laughs) And it keeps you guessing where it's going to go. And each time you're like, wow, that's fucking pleasant. It's different, but it's just as pleasant. And that's this movie to me. And that that it can do this trick. And that it did this trick from one of the kids from Whitest Kids You Know. Mm -hmm. And it did it on a $4 million budget. And I fucking, I noted this shit. Because this is impressive to me. $4 million versus like the menu. 30 million dollars everywhere everything all at once 25 million x and pearl are like the closest and those are like a million but like this is a very very small category of like indie filmmaking that really does not have any money behind it and it's very i think very good i think very impressive it looks it looks like it's shot on a blockbuster budget i i think the cinematography is impeccable Ah, I could go on. The one shot. All right, all right last thing I'll say. Just mm, chef's kiss because it's nowhere else it can go. I love the shot of Tess entering the house and the camera follows and it goes through the wall as you walk her, watch her pass through the threshold. At that point, and this is only like a few minutes into the movie, I was like, I'm in the hands of an auteur. And now I have complete trust in wherever this movie goes. And I was not mistaken for having that trust. I fucking love this movie. That is a Mine was very... with Frank when the camera's following him and we follow him to the truck and then it gets in the backseat of the car with him. And the... oh, that was a really Perfect. cool shot. Yeah. Perfectly Amazing lined shot. up. I'm sorry, yeah. Sean. I, I was cut just you gonna off, say, Sean. I'm sorry. Going back to you're talking about the budget of the movie. If you were to you just blew my fucking mind by saying the menu has a thirty million dollar budget. If you were to yeah. if you were to present to me those this movie and the menu and ask me which had the bigger budget, all day long I would have said this movie. I don't know where the budget for the menu went. I have no idea. I'm sure it's location and, you know, those actors, big money actors, you know, that's probably where a lot of that's going towards. But like I'm absolutely blown away that this was only a four million dollar budget. That like I'm having a very hard time wrapping my head around it <laughs> just because of yeah you know a lot of it is in tunnels and stuff like that and I guess you can you know you can make a lot of that in sound stages stuff like whatever but just visually 
I I couldn't process the fact. I I'm having a very hard time processing the fact that this was made on one eighth of the budget. Yeah, of the menu. Like yeah. that is insane to me. Um, wow, absolutely insane. But even well going wrapping back to you know Frank in the room, I I really loved. I really loved, you know, as you mentioned, he's backing up to the door and you're like, holy shit, what is in there? And then the door opens and you just get this like, oh, it's just an old guy. And then it builds up more as you, you know, you see him reaching for a gun and then Justin Long's going through his stuff and then everything becomes a little bit more tense and you're like, oh, oh, fuck. Like, you know, there's more horrors in this world than just a monster living in a cave, you know, and it's, yeah, there's so many different parts to this. And, you know, there's a really easy way that Justin Long's character could have just gotten through this, you know, just suck the nipple. Absolutely refuses to do it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) baby wants to fuck that. Baby wants to fuck the nipple. Oh man. The nipple. I, uh, I fully, I fully believe that Frank uh, was going to kill Justin Long until Justin Long said there were cops on the way, and then he kills himself. That was a good touch, too. Another thing that I wanted to point out that I fucking loved that this movie gets so right that so many other movies don't is the sound of the gunshots. In every other movie, they're thunderous fucking explosions. In this, it's a quick little pop, which is how they really are. And man, that adds so much more weight to it because it's just Especially in the tunnel when he's so far away and you just hear the pop and Tess drops. I thought she was fucking dead. I thought I was like, I was fully on board too. I thought this was like a uh, No Country for Old Men where we just we kill the main character. I, I did too. I, I, also I was thought she so died fucking twice. bummed. Yeah. So fucking bummed when he was turning around the corner with that gun. I was like, oh no. Oh no, you're going <laughs> to shoot you see, the fucking baby. <laughs> when you see the light at the end of the tunnel from her point of view, and I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. And. That that tensity. Good and stuff, you said man. You thought she died earlier. Like you see that we talked about mm-hmm. the the twist, air quotes twist. Like you're talking tonally, it's two different movies. This the first time you think she died, it like visually is two different movies. A very dark tunnel to immediately cutting to Justin Long in a convertible on a on sunny coast. California Singing. highway. I think as soon as it got to that point, I took a picture of the screen and sent it to Ryan. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I hit did. the twist. <laughs> I hit the twist. It is cool too because it like that scene is a hard cut, and the thing we just saw was Mama literally smashing Bill Skarsgård's face into a wall like yeah. ten times until it's mush. That's another. We we talked about how this movie sort of does so many things that we love, and I I don't care to admit it does another thing I love, which is just overt fucking violence. At one point, Mama rips a homeless man's arm off and beats him to fucking death with it, dude. That was fucking Holy awesome. shit, that's awesome. That was so sick. I know, dude. Yeah. She's just like, was, oh, and he's like, ah! <laughs> it was so deep blue sea, too. Because, like, this yes. guy's like, ain't no one ever coming here or something. Like, he makes this loud Blah! declarative right before she bursts through a fucking wall. <laughs> it was like uh, a John Cena moment. Yeah. It was so fucking funny. Yeah, the horn should have played. I gotta hook. I gotta find another YouTube editor to do that for me. Please add John Cena horns when this monster bursts through this wall. It was. It's oh, so man. good. Oh man, it, that's. I think 
you mentioned it earlier about the comedy turning horror and just how like it's such a good fit comedy people know horror and serious shit like the back of their hands but i think that's part of like the the orchestra you're making when you when you do a movie right like sure you can do schindler's list and i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna blaspheme schindler's list you can play one note on the fucking piano for three hours that's fine but i think a true like masterful film is one that can play like many notes on the keyboard of emotions. And this film does it. I think that comedy adds to it because like in these moments of horror, you kind of have like that jarring cut that is humorous and just how like it, it comes through. Like I think, I think they knew when they did this, people were going to laugh. And like that's what makes it work is like there's a little bit of comedy with the horror. So it's like a <laughs> funny kind of jump scare as this <laughs> monster's fucking kool-aid manning through the wall and it's <laughs> it's great i yeah man i could collate this movie all day i love this shit i can't oh. oh i like i completely forgot about her ripping off his arm and beating him to death until this moment <laughs> and i have such joy in me right now yeah, man. like remembering uh, we've that turned moment. him we've turned him ryan <laughs> Uh, actually when we get to the ratings at the end i have a very uh very interesting cool. i'm curious to see what ryan thinks about how i feel about this situation but uh okay yeah y- y'all turned me at like minute like 18 when we were analyzing <laughs> like the very beginning of the movie and tess's interaction with keith um and like the meaning behind it it's, it got me thinking about a different movie and what i really love about movies like this um, hmm. Actually, no. Yeah, I'll save it. Are you going to reveal that later? Okay. Yeah, I'll save that till the end. Uh, well, All I've right. got only just one more thing to say, and it sort of still wraps into this one. Like, you know, uh, we talked a lot about humor and uh, fear, and like they've done studies, and like those two emotions are sort of like almost on the same wavelength. That's why people like scary roller coasters, people like haunted houses, because it's the threat of death, and then it's not there, and then you laugh about it. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. And like, you know, nervous even people laughter. that like, yeah, nervous laughter, laughing in the face of death, like they're, they're so inner twined and like that like they just flow naturally in this movie still too like you don't feel bad for laughing because it's it's they're never like it's not the butt of the joke it's hard to explain but it's it's funny as shit to no one's detriment until you know naked mama bursts through the wall and rips a homeless man's arm off but that is funny for its own reasons fucking epic (laughs) yes yeah 100 percent it's so goddamn over the top. It's so great. I love uh, when Justin Long finds Tess's laptop and like <laughs> and like thinks that he can just put in some stupid password and get into it. And you he know, tries like three times. He's like, fuck, we'll fuck her. I thought he only tried once. And I was like, he typed password. It didn't work. And he gave up. Yeah. That's so fucking perfect. Yeah. He typed I, password. Didn't work. He threw it. It was beautiful. It also showed his contempt for other people's stuff, how he didn't care about people's people and objects yeah it, he has no compassion because yeah of course yeah so why did we think he would change and have compassion for tess he doesn't care he doesn't even care about other people's things so something we didn't which even is talk why it's about even is, more so he's he's here to sell this house and another kind of really funny aspect of this movie is that he has you know his uh the group that puts his stuff out on airbnb that gives zero fucks about him 
And at mm-hmm. this point, they've already heard the news about the accusations and blah, blah, blah. And I, I couldn't help but smile as he was like, what do you mean you don't clean the fucking place after somebody leaves? And she's like, we clean it before somebody else comes in, blah, blah, blah. But then it keeps cutting to like the uh, toothbrush underneath the sink, which I thought was just such a that was such a nice touch that it kept going back to that because it is really hammering home how many people have gone missing in this house, you know, and then that got me Mm -hmm. also thinking, well, clearly mom has come upstairs while they're sleeping. She's checking out who's there because that door opens the door shuts. Um, Mm -hmm. But she waits for people to come to her. Uh, or is she listening to see, you know, does anybody need nurturing? I don't like, I don't know. That's, I think she, she's also scavenging because she goes upstairs, but she doesn't fuck with them. And then when Tess wakes up, we see her going out the door and the homeless guy says like in 20 or 40 years, she's never come this far out. So I think she's scouring the other houses for other food Mm -hmm. and, and things to eat. And that's why she comes back. Yeah. To feed Frank and herself. Um, Mm -hmm. although I think. There's also a fair amount of cannibalism going on, obviously. Sure. Has to be. They're eating these fucking people that... Uh... All right. So, he, all right. My disturbing theory is I think they're having to eat her babies. Because I think maybe he was impregnate, impregnating her. And where are all those babies? Where are all the babies that would have come from, like, all of the rapes over all the many, many years, you know? That's one theory, but also, like, uh, if you look, like, they do studies, and, like, at a certain point, an an incestuous relate, like, the genes just don't work anymore. Uh, She she also could have just been sterile, and that's why she's so focused on having babies, because mm, she's never had one herself, but this tape that she watches every day shows the importance of raising a baby, and that's why she's so fucked up. The That's only thing I like I that shooting blanks is that gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, I think she was just like sort of in a born sterile incest inbred huh. situation. That's the way I took it, but. You know, th- that's the beautiful part about art. It's open to interpretation. It could have been that way yeah. too. They they could have been eating the kids. Yeah. I fully expected like yeah. when oh, we get no, to no. the I don't like this the... idea. I want to I want to throw that idea in a fucking river. Okay, I can chuck enough. that idea. I, I like yours. <clears throat> yours makes more sense. I that's that's stick with that. Yeah, I was just that's gonna say a better one. At one point when we get to the part where like he goes to Frank's and he we we're there's a fork, there's a left pathway, and he goes right because it has the the string for the bell. But I expected at some point that bell was gonna get rung and like more fucked up kids were gonna come. That's what that's I what I thought. Too. Yeah, but again. It didn't, but that's cool. That, that maybe leads more to yeah. the four point five million budget they had the money for one mama suit. So it's still, yeah. it still it doesn't matter. It fucking works fantastically, and it, I love mm-hmm. again that it leaves that ambiguity. What the fuck was down that tunnel? We'll never know. It could be they could have been other fucked up kids down there, sort of like in a the, what's the fucking bone tomahawk? Where like we have the yeah, just the breeding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. dude, there's so much shit. Like. Yeah, we only saw one of the tunnels. There might have been. Who knows? Yeah. Now, is it ironic that the mother was played by a man? No, that's. I was wondering. I was like, is that Doug Jones up in that costume? It's not. It's another dude. Matthew Patrick Um, Davis. Yeah. Okay. Is he another tall, skinny dude? Yeah, Yeah. he's also a musician. 
I thought he was also the guy. Ooh. I expected him to be Mama in that other movie called Mama, but that's a totally different guy. So the one with Jennifer, what's her name? I think so. Yeah, Je- uh, Hunger Games. It's the lady. F- no, no, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Jessica Chastain. Was in Mama. Jessica yeah, Chastain. That one. Who? Yeah. Well, I think, oh, I'm the lady of from Mother. the Help. I'm thinking. That of- yes, you are thinking of Mother Aronofsky's uh, yes. Javier yeah, Bardem. You are. You are. Yeah, yeah, I'm huh? talking about Mama, which is this shitty PG-13 slasher movie thing that sucked and had from Jamie the Lannister. guy who directed it, Part One and Part Two, Andy yeah. Muschietti, soon which to direct Ezra Miller's opus, The Flash. <laughs> We're totally gonna get that. Can't Good mark my words. Can't it's gonna wait. be great. Ezra Miller, not problematic at all. Definitely <laughs> not a barbarian. Not at all. Not a barbarian at all. Just a nice guy. But no, yeah. So, so it, it's actually kind of common that they play these fucked up things. Yeah. Doug Jones does it Makes a lot sense. too. Like you said, weird, weird, tall, skinny dudes, and yeah. Is Doug? He yeah, also said that like anytime I see a weird person, who? I'm like, oh, is that Cliff Howard? Or Clint Howard. <laughs> I, I anytime I see a person in a mask, I'm like, oh, is that Doug Jones? Is that Doug Jones? Could be. Um Yeah, the the dude, what, Matt, he said that uh they they were gonna do like more prosthetics, but they didn't have the money, so like uh most of the mama scenes, that's his actual ass. He was ass out, as he says. <laughs> he was bare assed, but he had the fake tits and they covered up his junk with like the the weird weird puby stuff, so uh a Merkin. That's what they call it in Perfect. Hollywood. A Merkin. <laughs> uh, it works. Stuff. <laughs> it works. It, it it feels right out of like a Chemical Brothers video in the best or Apex Twins. Like it's it's go. that. It's that it's that style and it works perfectly. It's a thing really like, without being like really extra. I really like the scene of her like when she gets out of the house in the daylight the first time when she breaks the window and it cuts back. And the homeless guy's looking at it and you see mama, like, sort of, like, and she's got the freaky long arms and then she slinks back. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when it got yeah. me thinking when she's like, I got to go back in and help him. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> did you kid. see that? Did you see that? Yeah. You, did you see that? But also Run, in my bitch! head, I try to put myself into like her, like, I was sitting there like, okay, so if she doesn't get him, like. Like, is she somehow responsible for him dying? And, like, my mind went through, like, 12 different thoughts in four seconds trying Mm -hmm. to, like, rationalize what was happening in her reaction. But I could never figure out a reaction. I could never figure out a situation that would cause me to, in her shoes, having just seen what I had seen and what I had just been through, to allow me to return into that house. Here. Oh yeah, it's not happening. I that, think, I am so I, sorry. I think but that I dude would. I think I I would try, and I think that's the thing that works. All right, so man, I thought we were like coming to like a conclusion here, but man, I feel like there's so much more I could talk about. But that's all right. When you hire Bill Skarsgård here, I think the intention is he was Pennywise recently in those It movies, very creepy. Everybody associates him with creepy. So then you have him play this role that's very trustworthy and, and like, honestly, not creepy. The role is not creepy, 
But because of our association with Bill Skarsgård already, it's creepy. There is also, some creepy rot to it. Without also, that prior says, association. What do you think I am? Some kind of monster? <laughs> right? But it's all there. But Justin Long is the flip-flop opposite of that. Justin Long is like the fucking guy from the PC and Mac commercials, you know? He's the guy from Dodgeball. He is the lovable, friendly Goofball. type. He, uh, from Accepted. He's the... he Yeah. He brings the exact opposite attachment, like, immediately into it. So I can... I think that's, like, a smart thing the casting but, does yeah, by he, casting yeah, Justin Long as the... He's the bad one, but like uh-huh. that's the brilliance in casting him as the bad one is like because you're able to like put yourself in Tess's shoes of like our association. If we were Tess in that moment, we don't know what the fuck he was doing in Hollywood. We don't know any of that. He is just a Justin Long type who looks friendly, who looks very personable, who looks trustworthy. We just met him and we're going to let this dude die. I don't also, know. And that's that's the fucking brilliance of this movie. It's like I for me at least, I was like, yeah, I don't this is a bad decision, but I think it's a it's it, it makes sense. In the character moment and in the moment, I get why Tess does this. Here's a question for you guys since we're 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 talking about uh I can't think of it. Justin Long. Uh the first choice for this role, Zach Efron. Ooh. What do you guys? Ooh, what do you guys think of that? I think that works, kind of. I think it could have. I think Justin Long is the better choice because of the fact that they go comedy. Although I do think Zac Efron does have some underrated comedy chops. I still, but nothing like Justin Long. I still think that they made the right call with Justin Long because Mm -hmm. it is very much so what Ryan was just talking about. You do have someone who isn't the most attractive person, you know, someone who looks a little bit creepy. And, you know, you can take a step back and relate this to real life situations where it's usually, I think, the attractive people that can get away with more things because, you know, people trust them due to visual appearance versus someone who may Okay, so this isn't obviously isn't the case for anything. This is basically a generalization. Someone who I was like, by that logic, I think Zach Efron should have it because Zach Efron's (laughs) the prettiest. No, but I think (laughs) I think there's a point where it's too much going Mm -hmm. too much in that direction. And I think Justin Mm. Long was about the cutoff of he can get away with just enough. And you also despise the sliminess of what he is and constantly can take at you can watch everything his rationalization for everything and real and just be like dude you're just a piece of shit and i think going zach afron's a little bit too far in the direction of looks zach afron's a gorgeous yeah. man you know was it justin long just a, good a looking serial dude. killer he too? was too like and so that probably afron mm-hmm. yeah I, so need, that I maybe changes it a bit, and that that suffer. ruins it. But like pre that serial killer stuff, I think I would have been okay with it until I just heard what Sean said, and which I do think maybe Sean's right. And like Zac Efron's a little too perfect, a little a, a little too clean. You need yeah. that bit of disbelief, and just Justin Long has that just a the little bit, just a little bit. Boy, yeah. though, imagine if Zac Efron embraced you and you just looked into his eyes and, man. I'm still choosing Skarsgård. Oh, really? Skarsgård? <laughs> really? 
Zach Efron can He's get it, boy. Let me tell you. Everything <laughs> right. <laughs> Zach Efron can get it. I could get it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Zach Efron can get it, baby. Let me say. Um No, uh so yeah. I don't know if I have anything else I really want to touch on. I think we did a great episode breakdown here, fellas. This was a good talk. This was fantastic. I knew watching this. Yeah, there's there's times where I watch a movie that I don't particularly like that I won't go out of my way to be like, we should talk about this. But I when I finished, I think I immediately hit you up and I was like, you should watch Barbarian because I wanted to know what you thought. And I also wanted to talk about it. You specifically pitched me. I don't do in other movies that I don't necessarily like. You hit me up and immediately pitch this entire episode. You go, hey, uh, what do you think about watching Barbarian? And then we have Ryan on to talk about it. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. And so then I was like, hey, you want to come on and talk about Barbarian? And Ryan was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. So it was, it was a match made in heaven. This is yes, one of my favorite episodes in a while. Yeah. It, and like r- the last three months have been the last. Yeah, pretty much the last three months have felt like bangers to me in terms of like just, well, outside of that one diehard. <laughs> but uh, the last couple of months have been like a lot of fun in terms of episodes, but this is up there as one of my favorites. I think that we've ever done. Yeah, this is a good one, man. I had a yeah. lot of fun. I'm excited to see how we're all going to rate this one. Um, I don't Ooh. know. Uh, how do we yeah. want to do? How do we want to do the circle? Me, Tishon. Right, real quick, oh. real quick. Before yeah. you rate it, can I say one last fact? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Barbarian is an anagram and uses the letters for Airbnb, but it's also in the movie canonically on Barbary Street, I think. Yeah. So it's an inn on Barbary. It's the Barbary Inn. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pick up that second one. Also, they're on Bar- Burberry, Barbary Street. Barbary it's like, Street. It's like being in Florida and you're Floridian. You're a barbar- <laughs> barbarian. You're somebody True, yeah. from Barbary. When you live on Barbary Street, yeah, yeah, we are barbarians. I get it. Yeah. So Frank is a barbarian. Yeah. He sure is. He, he truly sure is. fuck is, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, another last little fact, and it'll make you sad, but... Uh, <laughs> In the oh, room, no. Justin Long picks up a sundress, and that's the sundress that the woman's wearing of the house that he goes into and unlocks the window. So it's a little... He totally gets that mm. girl, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Dang. <laughs> Dang. All right. I still Frank feel better barbarian. than I did after watching <laughs> The Last of Us, so... <laughs> I gotta get into that. Yeah, you do. I'm going to start. Um, but yeah, anyways, ratings, gentlemen. I have mine. Hmm. I I have... I have mine. Okay. You want to go me to you, you to Ryan, Ryan to me? Does that work? Uh, excuse me? Go again? For the ranking system. I ask you my ranking system. You ask Ryan. Ryan asks sure. me. Okay. Uh, so in mine, it's pretty easy. Well, I don't know. It's going to be a small number, but uh, I think you can work with it. Sean, uh, 
if you were being uh, perched over by a mama monster, and how many nipples you, are you gonna suck? <laughs> not not that, but you did have uh, a revolver pointed at her face with six bullets. Uh, how many of those bullets would you put into her face? Uh, with six being the, uh, the the highest you could give it. Oh man! So it's low. Let me say, I'll I'll give you a special ten shot revolver. No, no, that? six is fine. Six is fine. You sure? Okay, okay. No, 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 because no. I like. I think I love systems like this where I have to. You have to be creative, and mm-hmm. you have to like make it work. I love it when we get up to three hundred or as little as six. <laughs> it is. Gotta do you some know, You gotta work okay. with what's getting <laughs> with you. Um, okay. Okay. So I yeah, six shot you, revolver. Going into this, prior to talking with you, I knew, honestly, I knew that my opinion was going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this, I would have said, you know, I, I would have pumped like three bullets into her. But the more that we talk about it, the more this brings me back to really what I love about movies like this. And I took like a film analysis class like back in high school. And one of my buddies back then and I, this made me think of the time that one of my best friends and I went to see Saw, the first Saw in theaters. And we watched it, you know, the one where Jigsaw is in the center of the floor, gets up, like, leaves, right? We sat in the parking lot of that movie, of the mall where we saw this movie. And we sat there and we talked for, like, an hour about that movie and, like, breaking down every little part and this and that and this. And that's, I think, why I love the Saw movies so much is routed in that feeling that I had in watching that movie and then talking about it for an hour. That was always one of my favorite things to do after the movies. And it's one of the only things that really Ryan and I hated because after we started this, we wouldn't do that anymore. We wouldn't hang out after the movie and talk about it for an hour and a half. And we're just like, yep. All right, let's save it. It's like, fuck, man. But I, I agree. We that's all. That's stay the- pretty much mom's. <laughs> Just was, be like, uh, uh, mm. I liked it. All right. Um, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. This is but that, with that you guys talking. Breakdown. Mm. This brings me back to like when I would do that with people. And I knew going into this is this was going to be one of those movies where we talked about scenes and the meaning of different scenes and the meaning of the movie and like the ideas behind different things. And so at the end of this hour and 21 minutes that we're at right now, I'm in a completely different headspace and a different feeling about the movie. I don't know if I'll go back and watch it and try to find all these details, but I have a different appreciation for what I had just seen. And I would say that I'll, I would give this, um, I would pump, man, how do you really break this down? I, I would pump five bullets into her with like a misfire on the last bullet. That's what I was going to say. Misfire is probably Whoa. a half. Yeah. So five and a half. Well, All right. It's, buddy. it's either five and a half or four and a half. I'm I'm between there. It is really rough working on a six bullet scale because I don't want to <laughs> go too high. Because sure. again, I think the twist of this movie is what really makes it shine because it is. I did not expect it to go where it went. Stop, hard stop, and cut to a completely <clears throat> different movie. And it does that a couple of times and wraps back and ties it all together really nicely. I thought that was the best part. But 
yeah, it, I'd say either four in a misfire or five in a misfire. Like it's it's really high up there, and I appreciate that we had this time to talk to each other. Oh yeah, Ryan. Man. If you were to, we have established, we have established that in the wed bed behead scenario, fuck Mary kill <laughs> okay. of all yeah. of the characters in this movie, you're absolutely betting Keith. Um, so you yeah. have, you have <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm marrying Keith. <laughs> He's the keeper. He does everything right. <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay, you're marrying Keith. I don't even want to know who you're betting in this movie, but you're marrying Mama. Keith. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nurturing. Holy shit! This big mommy milkers, baby. Big mommy milkers. Okay, so you notice that Keith disappeared down into the basement. You know there's some crazy shit down there, and you find like stairwell leading down into a cave system. You get down into that cave system that Frank was somehow able to dig over the last 40 years, and you walk through it, and it branches off into 12 different paths. How many paths are you going to walk down before you find Keith? Well, Sean, thank you for asking that question. First, can I say... I love this rating system. It's so brilliant and so fun. It's just so good. I love it. It's it's just brilliant. All right. <laughs> Two. Sean. I would walk down all 12 of those paths. I think this is a perfect movie. Um, I was really worried coming onto this podcast, having to watch it for a second time. Because, like, the first experience was so phenomenal that I was like, surely the second time's not going to be anywhere near as good. And it's going to take like my estimation down. Like it, it doesn't have that big twist, but it really just sunk in like how solid the theming is. And just like, I think mm, what I'm growing more to appreciate, I won't say there's good or bad things in movies, whatever is to, uh, it's up to whoever watches them to decide what they want out of movies. What I find I appreciate more is when it feels like there's intent behind every decision. And Barbarian feels so fucking intentful with the music, with the editing, with the camera angles, with the fucking color grading, with how the set changes between the three timelines, between like the script. Every thing is so purposeful and so intentful and all just leads to like, I think, what is an effective horror movie, even if you don't read the themes, but once you start reading into the themes, like it fucking says something that I think is very poignant and very impactful for the time. So my God, I'm going to walk down all 12 of these hallways and I don't love doing that. I don't love giving the perfect scores, but man, this is what I love in movies is this experience. And this luckily gave it to me twice. So I all 12 pathways. Amazing. Perfecto. Excuse me. I love this movie, guys. Can you tell? (laughs) Five and a misfire. Four and a misfire is too low. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Dude, even a three out of of six is completely understandable because I get it. This is a very, it's a very unique, specific kind of thing. And I, what you said is also very interesting and true, which is like, man, the surprise is something that I think is to be savored here, but also like, the talking about it and like digging into the themes and like hearing what other people read into it. Like 
that makes a movie too. And I think that colors it all. And I, I don't know. I sometimes have very conflicting things like, should I be spoiled about a movie going into? I know what like I'm looking for kind of like a guide to help me like navigate the themes. Um, something I'm going to absolutely do with David Lynch shit, but. <laughs> Um, this, I think it could work either way, but I, I, I appreciate your just journey in general. I thought that was, I just, I'd fun to see. And I, I'm with you. The best part about movies is the conversation afterwards. And that's why I love talking about movies in general. So that brilliantly said, brilliant movie. I had Kyle. I had the same oh, sorry. reaction. No, I was, I was just about to say, I'm sorry. I'm stepping on your toes. I, I just want to say I had the same re- no. reaction with like Midsummer, where like I watched Ooh. that and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. But the more that I talked about it with talked about it to other people and the more that we compared our notes and like the little things that we noticed and like themes and ideologies behind behind what's happening here, what's happening <clears> here, <throat> you know, what's what's actually real what's uh, impacted by drugs all of those little things really mm-hmm. helped me while i didn't initially know what to think about it i grew a better appreciation for it and as a whole i love midsummer do i ever want to watch it again no <laughs> but i love that i had seen it and what i took away from it and that's mm-hmm. i feel the same here sorry back to you no words at all I think that's a good thing too. Also, listen to other people's ideas, but don't take them full sale and just run with it and say like, "Yep, they're right. Yep, that's what it, it's a great movie." Your opinions are valid too, and hold on for, to them. For all those people that say I I have shitty opinions and I can't change my opinions, this, you just this episode uh, right here is proof. Beatles still suck. That. <laughs> just kidding. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's okay. I'm never going to convince him of that. That's fine. Kyle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got a rating system for you. All right, buddy. Let's say you find yourself in a dark, creepy tunnel, mm-hmm. and then you're captured by this big mama monster, and she forces this big baby bottle in your mouth with this wet, slimy, hairy nipple, rubber nipple, and you got to suck the milk out of this. Otherwise, you get your head smashed into a wall. Percentage-wise, how much of that milk are you going to suck out? A hundred percent of that milk is obviously the the best. So, given that description, I will say, you know, I have been caving with Laura. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, um, <laughs> she did give me a gross rubber nipple. It was no the the fucking the hair on that nipple. <laughs> was no i love that that was an accidental thing they he didn't even notice it when he filmed that scene it wasn't till he went to look at it later that they noticed that like some of the dude's wig had fallen off onto the nipple but it added such an extra awful creepy layer to it that it was so good ah um i also wanted to say you (laughs) talked about uh you brought up a really great point ryan and that this movie um Everything in it has a point that has a purpose to the story. And, and I wanted to ask you, have you watched that newest uh, Red Letter Media Best of the Worst yet? Dude, no, not yet. The, that movie they watch is the exact opposite. It's, dude, it's a trip. <laughs> um, I will also say in, in rating this movie, it's very rare anymore for me to like, I, I try so hard, but you know, to be distraction free from a movie is a rarity, I mm. feel. 
it was not for this movie. I was hooked from the moment go. Uh, nothing was getting in the way. I was, it was one of those weird, like I was watching it and like, I was up, my feet were dancing. Like I was so hyped up and like just in the moment, it was a great feeling. I miss that feeling a lot. Um, that said, uh, strangely, or even not strangely enough, um, and in the year of positivity, fucking, I'm sucking that whole bottle down, dude. This movie was awesome. Fucking kicked ass. I loved going in blind. Uh, like I said, all I knew was Justin Long was in it, and I did not know where the fuck he was. And then when he showed up, I was like, <laughs> okay, let's fucking go. Uh, I didn't even know who was in it, what was in it. Uh, God, it's such a great trip, man. It's so good. It, the, the way, like, I picked up on uh, just the way that I, it was crazy, because I was like, the, the thing that really made me relate was the opening Bill Skarsgård scene and him, like, doing all the right things and it's still not being right and i was like holy fuck how many times like have i even been in this situation and i don't know it because i think i'm being nice but like i'm people are like uh somebody's unthreatened by it and i wouldn't even know man and it's craziness to have it's like uh, a sheet lifting over the eyes moment like uh, you see the world almost for like a different way that other people have seen it their entire life. It's so crazy good. Just for yep. that reason alone, I think people should see it. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking loved it, dude. I want to watch this again and again and again. I want to show more people. I want to spread the gospel of Barbarian. <laughs> fucking check it out, dude. Absolutely. That is perfectly said in the sense that you want to show more people. That is in talking about uh, Midsummer. I don't necessarily want to watch that again, but anybody that I can recommend to watch that movie, watch it once. This is coming out of chatting with you guys. I want to tell everybody to watch it once. And if you want to chat about it, hit me up because I'd love to chat about it because this is. uh, Yeah. Watch Midsummer as many times as possible because Florence Pugh's in it and you get to look at her and she's great. I I fucking rewatch that. Acting so good. I've watched that with my mom. I re- watched the second time and I was like, Hey mom, let's watch this. You're like, I told, I somehow forgot about that's dark. The greeting <laughs> scene, it. dude, the, the, uh, 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 I'm sitting on the fucking chair next to my mom on the couch. I'm like, why did I fucking pick this movie? What was I? Th- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It <laughs> was a wild time, man. Don't recommend. Do not recommend. Like Sean says, watch Midsummer once and don't watch it with your mom. Yep. Two biggest pieces of advice I can give any person. I disagree. Watch it with your mom and see if she can hang. And if not, be like, fuck you, mom. <laughs> you get art. Mama. Just <laughs> my boys on the forehead. Uh, no, Ryan, fucking thanks for coming on again, man. We, I don't care. I think we're just going to have you on a lot more. We might have you on even before you come back in July for... Christmas movie action July timber. Oh, <laughs> that's right. So that's six months from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had well. a fucking blast, man. This was a good damn time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love being on here. Uh, I love talking about movies. So if you want to do it again, I'm more than happy to. And I've got another mind bender for you. Okay. Well, we're I taking- recommended it. I think only Dave Michaels has taken me up on watching it so far, and his thoughts were mixed. <laughs> okay. And it is Titane, the French movie from Julia Ducournau. Oh, yeah. Which is 
fucking batshit crazy. You can watch a trailer right now. It will not spoil anything. Okay. I guarantee you. I have it seen the trailer. Makes Cronenberg seem very tame. Yep. I have seen the cra- the trailer to that a couple of months ago, and holy fuck, that movie looks batshit. And also, <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I'm on board. I think Sarah I, it's one where it. yeah. It's a challenge. Like, watch that trailer and really try to tell me what the narrative is. What even is the plot or story? You won't be able to. It's I all just over go the in fucking blind. place. Yeah, you think I, I would... should watch the trailer? Okay. Nah. No, I'll go I mean, blind. if you need to be sold blind. on it. Otherwise, go on blind and trust that it's crazy. And that you might not like it, and it might be a three out of six bullets, but damn it, <laughs> I'll try to talk it up to a five <laughs> out of six again. Uh, when we were just talking about having you back on i was gonna say i'm gonna go back to that twitter thread when we were chatting and reread all of the movies that you listed and go and watch them because you definitely mentioned x i think titan was in there um there was a x and pearl are great yep Mm -hmm. uh but i definitely have seen you talk about titan and sarah's actually the one that showed me the trailer to that and i don't even remember uh the trailer at all so it's basically like going in blind i just remember it's fucking ridiculous uh yeah it's it's good it's it's another interesting one that i don't think anybody will get uh but man it fucking spoke to me for some fucking reason like the stars aligned i'm like i get david lynch now and then i watch a david lynch movie like nope so don't get it (laughs) (laughs) um Also, no, I'm speaking... game for I'm game for that. I'm game for any situation like this where we Same. can just like analyze a movie and not just like analyze chat this. about it. Like an analyzation. Mm. That was good stuff, man. We broke this movie the fuck down. Um, Should probably be an Adam Sandler movie next. I'm thinking. Uh, well, it's not Adam Sandler, but it's in that vein. I will say, and you mentioned him. Uh, I think next week we are planning to have our good buddy Dave Michaels back on, and our our plan is to Ooh. discuss the Jerk. Steve <gasps> Michaels, the Jerk. I Spoiler: That is a twelve out of twelve alley movie. That's a perfect comedy. I perfect. I don't think Sean's perfect ever comedy. seen the Jerk, right? This is why I kind of was wanting to. Yeah, I turned it off in the gas station bathroom Ooh. scene. That's right, and I'm like, man, that's. That's crazy. I, w- I want to see where we go from here. So, I, it's, it is rough at the start. Okay, it does not age the, the easiest. That's why I did that. Poor black child in Alabama. It's yeah, it's a little rough in some places. It was the seventies, but and I, I don't. And think, I do think it's ultimately in good spirit, yes, as opposed I don't think to it some was of that stuff. Distasteful. Yeah. It was trying as opposed to like yeah. the blazing saddle stuff where they're just slinging around the N word and it's <sighs> uh, little, uh, that was a and not fun. Watch. That's rough. This yeah. is not that, but it is shades of that. Well, I you know I'll take Steve Martin almost any day. Oh, this is also I, no. Sorry, I like we're talking about fucking spoilers for the next week's episode i'm very sorry <laughs> cut all this shit out i am no. very sorry I'm oh, i am horrible person shit out man yeah. and Sean, I, again, us, Sean I make sure we sound good and i put it out <laughs> oh so let's uh man we goddamn boys we're at one hour 40 this was a great discussion this is as long as the movie barbarian <laughs> so uh i think that's as good a cue as any to shut the fuck up 
just say again, Ryan, I love you, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I do think we're just going to have you back quite frequently. If you if you just stumbled upon this because you saw Barbarian or for some reason you watched Barbarian and you're like, shit, I want to hear more about this. And you stumbled upon this podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Type in Experience Grind. Go follow that. You can see links to whenever we have a new show out. Uh, I also post up on my Twitter whenever a new episode goes out, which you can find. I believe I'm Sean nt as in sean uh-huh. nerdy thursday um s-h-a-u-n-n-t uh you can also find exp grind podcast on twitter that's going to be kyle um so yeah uh find us on the socials and see when a new uh, post comes up uh can you also share ryan's twitter because i love the way you say it. <laughs> uh you can also find ryan at uma flicka flicka flickle <laughs> on twitter <laughs> Hey, I'm anything if consistent. Uh, you are, buddy. No, Ryan, uh, drop your Twitter, because Ryan does film reviews on Twitter, and he he does long-form great uh, little ad, or not ad, but uh, stylistic. You have frames from the movie. I love them. I love you go. You have great Twitter threads that go in depth, so uh, you can find Ryan at... Uh, Umarific, and that's just Uma, like Thurman, U-M-A, and then R-I-F-F-I-C, Umarific. Mm-hmm. So check them out. And again, if you liked uh, any of us, all of us, none of us, uh, either way, uh, go rubber nipple yourself. <laughs>